how's it going, everybody? Welcome to another Reroll Podcast. Uh, tonight's topic is going to be uh, tabletop games in space. Uh, we just uh, did our first episode of our Star Wars game, so kind of inspired this podcast. Um, we do have uh, Dickie here, so it's going to be us bros talking it out. Um, dynamic duo. Dynamic duo. Uh, Dickie, you have a special thing that you just wrote that is in the sci-fi category. I do. I just published a book. It's called Survivors of the Mutant Dawn. It mostly deals with post-apocalyptic. Has a little tiny alien uh, touch to it. Uh, and, uh, and future stories will kind of go in and out of that, but yeah, it's out. Uh, Kindle is two ninety nine. Paperbacks ten ninety nine. You go to Amazon and it is there. Yeah. So uh, so far, everybody that's read it, I have to go autograph a book this Friday because <laughs> one of the people I used to work with just finished reading it and was very thrilled about it. So I have so, not gotten anything negative yet, other than there was a few mistakes in there, but those mistakes have been corrected. There you go. That's awesome. That's that's cool. Uh, I like that. Uh... You're getting your autographs done. That's so cool. Yeah, and I'm and I'm st- I'm working on my second book right now, which is nice. already written. Just got to put it together. Nice, 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 nice. Um, so yeah, so the topic of the conversation is going to be um, uh, tabletop games in space. Uh, but before we get to that, I guess uh, my pre-use. Let's uh, let's check in on on you guys. Uh, uh, Yesterday was uh, Captain America's birthday. Uh, yes, it was <laughs> July fourth. Um, all of them. Uh, all, yeah, all the caps. Uh, did you do anything uh, special, uh, Vic? Uh, I'm sorry, Rick. Really. Uh, the Dicky. No. Okay. Nope. No. Just basically, uh, just kicked back and relaxed. All right. You weren't. Uh, uh, weren't uh, fighting against the colonizers or anything. Nope. <laughs> we uh we had a no, a, no insurgents no insurgents yeah um we had a small little uh, uh get together uh that uh well it's illegal to have fireworks in my area because it's uh called the woodlands uh you might guess why you cannot have fireworks but every single time I went outside the neighbors out in the woods uh shit was being well, blown up. I think everything's pretty well drenched by now. Yeah, yeah. It's all the rain we've been getting. Yeah, yeah. Which is why uh, a lot of the people for the podcast just couldn't make because uh, it's it's crazy out there. It's thunderstorming for at least, I would say, the past two months. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been nonstop rain. I was quite surprised that like, the allocated time that we set up for the, the get-together, the rain stopped. So... I was expecting to mop the entire floor. It was gonna be like dirty all the time, but no. Yeah, so it was it was a it was a pretty cool get together. We had some tarot card readings. Uh, we had a conga line, a lot of club music, and uh, some uh, tuna salad that was brought to the uh, the party, and that's all anyone a ate. True Ameri- a true American dish. Yeah, <laughs> the tuna salad, the true American dish. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, okay, so, uh, going on with the games that we have, just in case you guys are new, we do uh, play quite a bit of uh, RPG games. Um, on Sundays, we have our Village of Vigilantes, which 
Dickie here DMs uh, for the classic throwbacks. It's a superhero type game. Uh, we just had our first session. Session two is going to be this Sunday. Um, mm-hmm. We on Mondays we uh, alternating with this podcast. We have Rise of Team Matt, uh, which uh, Vic DMs and is going along very uh, not borderline. What's the correct word? Loosely, it's loosely based on the module, but the players dictate a lot of what's been happening. On Wednesdays we have our weekly Arthurian game, which is a D and D game based in the fifth century, and Fridays which is the inspiration for this topic is our star wars game which uh you know D D in space um and uh, if you go to sw5e.com it's an amazing website which translates the star wars universe into fifth edition D, which is the only system that i feel comfortable with dming at the moment uh, and the first episode was last Friday. Episode two is going to be this Friday, uh, which a lot of you guys on Patreon are dictating how we're going to proceed with those games. Um, here is a list of some of the, because I'm not a huge fan of uh, sci-fi. I'm I'm pretty, I guess, hence me sticking to D and like I I stick with the medieval fantasy, um, for whatever reason. But uh, here's a list of some of the the most popular, at least from what I found, uh, tabletop RPGs that are dealing with the futuristic uh, odysseys and and space travel, etc. So there's Stars Without Numbers, which I've never heard of, um, which it's apparently rated the best. There's Traveler. There is Savage World, which I when I used to work at a comic book store, we had quite a bit of Savage Worlds. I thought Savage World was a like Western game, and I thought it was Savage I it was World, post-apocalyptic one too. Sounded like. Oh yeah, so, um, which I guess if as long as it's post-apocalyptic in a different planet, it categorizes as could be sci-fi. Yeah. Uh, there's Star Wars: Age of Empire, which I played Star Wars Saga, which is the version before Age of Empires, and. It was pretty fun. They, uh, they f- at least from how the DM played it, it focused a lot on like cover and combat and just like tacticians. Um, there is paranoia. There's uh, eclipse phase, and there's Shadowrun, which I actually do have the Shadowrun book. And if I ever yeah. did anything before. It was just such an easy translation to fifth edition. If I ever needed to like learn a new system and it needed to be futuristic, I'd probably go to Shadowrun because if I'm understanding correctly, Shadowrun's uh, just goes from like like a D and D styled world with like different races and species just moving to the future. So like uh, at least that's how it was explained to me. It's like take your current D and D campaign and then fast forward a couple thousand years and we've we've hit. We've gone through bronze, we've gone through the Industrial Revolution, we've gone into, like, the computer era, and now we're going into space era. I'm like, okay, that's pretty cool. Um, other than this, uh, well, that's a lie, sorry. The, I want to say four Star Wars games that I played with Saga, like, that, and then last Friday's, that is my entire experience with doing, uh, uh, games that are futuristic. Uh, have and you... you're doing a DM. You're DMing it too, <laughs> yeah. which is a totally new experience for you. Too. Yeah, it, it really is. Um, 
I have no idea what I'm doing, which is the best part. Uh, but hey, Dickie, have uh, have you played any like space games uh, in the past? I've I've ran some space games. I have one that's an old TRS or TSR. I can't remember which one. Teacher retirement. No, TSR. There we go. Yeah. Uh, the old one, not the new one. Uh, gotcha. Star Frontiers, which deals ah. with uh, it's kind of like D and D in space, and has the same type of rules like that. And you have, uh, it started off, you had four races, mm-hmm. really five if you count the bad guy. And it progressed, and I've been collecting stuff on the internet and stuff like that. So it's improved as far as the number of races and everything. Has a few modules. Uh, I'm kind of running one right now on my Facebook uh, Star Frontiers page. And I originally got some people all involved, and they started playing it. And one by one, they started dropping off. So I said, well, screw it. I'm going to keep the adventure going and (laughs) just roll the dice and see what happens to people and stuff like that. And people actually are following and enjoying it. So I said, okay. So, you know, uh, yeah, there's one guy he does play, and he lives out in League City. Okay. And when I first came up with this idea, he hit me up, says, you know what? I always wanted to play Star Frontiers when I was 12 years old and never got a chance. So now he's getting a chance to play it. Mm-hmm. I just wish I could, you know, keep up with it as fast as, you know, as much as I possibly can. But you know what it is when you're trying to run 10,000 different yeah. things at the same time. You know, something's going to have to suffer a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but I have run some Star Frontier games. And, uh, the only games I've actually played are D&D and uh, SW5E. That's it. Hmm. I've never played anything else other than those role, role-playing games. Okay. Yeah, I, uh, I, yes, go on. I've run many games, different ones, but playing it, nope, that's it. Okay, uh, yeah, uh, me and Vic were actually talking about, um, uh, um, before we played our, uh, the Tiamat game, uh, like, before, like, we went live and it was just, uh, a couple of us (laughs) there, we were like, man, the, the... Visions of Vigilantes game, like, you had a grin the entire time. Like, you were in your element. You were just, like, having, like, the best time of your life. I'm like, that's that's fucking awesome. Like, just, like, yeah. your your energy was, like, helping us within the game. Because that's also a different genre that I've never played, superheroes. I mean, I love right. comic books, and I, I love all the the DC uh, universe and the, um, the Marvel universe, but uh, right. I've never played it. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, and and T, T, uh, TSR also did a, a Marvel superhero game too. Oh, well, that's cool. So that's an oldie but goodie. And somehow a uh, certain website is down, and, and nobody can seem to know why it's down. But you know, it's gone and come back. Before, so we got to wait and see what's going to happen with that. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, I think I know what's happening. I'll tell you interesting later. about mm-hmm. what's interesting about the the game that we are playing, and that I noticed real quick that uh, D&D players have a hard time adapting to other games mm-hmm. because, you know, you're superheroes and this and that, and you're leaving the body count laying around a little bit on that situation. But but the thing is, the beauty of it is it works because Vic's character motivation is carnage and yep. destruction, you know, so that works out there. Your character is new to this world and doesn't know anything and yeah. doesn't know right from wrong. So yes. it's learning as it goes along too. Yeah. And you'll find out in the next episode, depends how far we go, that um, there could be an oopsie 
somewhere <laughs> down the line. Gotcha. So yeah, we'll I see. was I was I was thinking that because it's like I understand Vic's motivation for their character, um, but Jess is like I, I have no idea anything about it, and I, I kind of made it like a a very big subtle like I'm going to kill someone. If you want mm. to stop me, you you really can and should. Nope, nobody cares. Right. Like, all right. Yep. L- uh, I like my brain immediately went to like DM mode of like, oh, okay, the world looks at you as as villains now. Okay, that's what's happening. Um, at the yeah. same time, it could be, um, uh, what's it called? Um. There, there is a section of the X-Men that the X-Men don't talk about. And from the very, like, few things that I read was, like, Scott Summers, he pretty much looks at Wolverine and like, hey, it's uh, time for the, like, the Dark Force to come out. Turns right. his back and just leaves the room. And it's like, all right, it's Gambit, Wolverine, Angel, and Psylocke. Let's go kill something. Like, oh, Lord. Yeah, so it's like, uh, so I, I maybe the world functions like that, where like the government's like, let's turn our backs because we need to kill Thanos. We're not going to, uh, whatever you guys do, just kill, like this is, um, the lesser of two evils type of situation. Right. But uh, who knows? Um, yeah, I mean, I think you're you're very right. Um, uh, on it's hard for me to to wrap my head around it, and I think is uh, yeah. for for well, that's why this first one. Mm-hmm. Your first adventures is not really the part of the story you're supposed to hit. Mm-hmm. This is just a little warm-up thing to get. First of all, you guys got to get used to your character. Yeah. What you can and can't do. Vic was having hard struggling because I think it either because the communication was always going on. Yeah, off. that's also an issue. Just, you know that that kind of threw off threw him off a little bit. But you know, it's a lot of it is that you really don't know what you can and can't do. Because you really are not familiar with the powers that you got. Mm-hmm. As time went along, you started figuring out your gravity wells. Um, Jess started figuring out the, the honeysuckle vines. Yeah. And, and and Vic started figuring out paralysis ray. And after that, I was able to go back and read up on some things to kind of brush it up so I could figure out how I can incorporate this mm-hmm. in the game. And I found a whole bunch of stuff that I wasn't using that you guys can use. So I, I included all that onto your sheets, yeah, and, gotcha. uh, and that way you can, you know, improve and then understand your character even more. So, yeah, it, it's like I, I I come from a theater background um, when it comes uh-huh. to like broadening imagination, and I mean the great like we usually go to the past because we have inferences of what, like we can look at and what things really were and then we we build on like the shakespearean stuff was um renaissance looking at medieval times or us looking at renaissance things and we kind of just for dnd mishmash everything together and it's like it's the right. past so like i have i can go I can literally Google what a castle looks like. I can uh, go outside and look at like my backyard for the forest and like know what it looks like. Um, I've, other than that one week we had here in Texas, I've never experienced snow. But it's not hard to like Google what snow is like. And right. when I, to be honest, which uh, I, uh, I'm kind of glad Vic nor Jeremiah are here because this is going to be the biggest controversy. Uh, within our group is when I grew up, I actually didn't like Star Wars. 
I did not mm-hmm. care for Star Wars until I was in like my mid twenties because when I saw it, I it's just it it didn't appeal to me. It wasn't a medieval experience until I looked at it and said, "Oh, this is just a hero's journey." Like mm-hmm. lightsabers are just swords. The force is just magic. These are space wizards. Like oh, and like when that thought came in, which is I understand limiting and kind of silly, but when as soon as I thought that, I was like, oh, this makes sense now, and I'm enjoying it more for whatever reason. That was a trigger. <coughs> and when I look at like the Millennium Falcon, or when I look at. Uh, um, space travel it's just it's it's lights when i look at the old old um star trek episodes it's they're just squares and blinking lights and i don't know what that does and because i don't know what that does i don't have inspiration i look inside I think, of i like, know why that is too i think i know why that is too because in medieval if you're looking at medieval stuff mm-hmm. it's stuff that you can associate with yes it's stuff that you're basically using uh, a thrust weapon, a, a bow and arrow, things that we are familiar with, things that we know about and, and, and read about and stuff like that. When you're dealing a science fiction space thing, your imagination is just played out in front of you. You have lights, you have flashes, you have spaceships, you have incredible weapons, and ray guns, and lightsabers, and things mm-hmm. like that. It's kind of hard to wrap your head around imagination-wise unless you have the imagination I like that, so therefore I want to do the same thing. Yeah. But if you don't associate to it or don't feel related to it, it's kind of hard to really get into. Yeah, which is uh, that. That's why uh, um, I one of the the jokes that uh, Captain um, Akmar uh, Akmar was uh, saying, like uh, the the person that gave you the communicator, um, like mm-hmm. I don't really know how this works. Like I, there's, and this was pretty much the DM speaking at the moment. It's like this is a communicator, but my understanding of communications, you need at least satellites, and we're going through like planet travel and like right. the dissociation of how far the distances of communication can go and the energy that just needs to be transmitted. Like I have no idea how this works, but here you go, it works for you. Right, and it's like when when I'm looking at it, it's. It's just, I'm. I was told at a very young age um, that I was really good at thinking within the box. I'm not a person that thinks mm-hmm. outside the box. So you give me parameters, you give me limitations, and I'll build an amazing story out of it. But with futuristic right. style, it's like you were saying. I don't have these barriers. The box is infinitely open because the universe mm-hmm. is infinitely expanding, and I don't know what to do or what to grab. So I right. look at everything that I have here now, and I'm like, huh, well, we have cell phones. We can communicate. What if this cell phone just communicate throughout planet? And I think that's the only thing that we could do is um, <laughs> what do we have today? Let's expand that tenfold, a hundredfold. It's really hard for me to like come up with an idea of something that doesn't exist yet. Yeah. Um, and I think we do that regardless. Like, look at a dragon. A dragon is just—it's um, a common myth throughout all like histories and all um, uh, all parts of the world. But it's just a combination of animals. It's a snake and an eagle and a bear and um, 
all these different creatures just molded into one thing, and um, like that that's not one hundred percent my forte. Um, but you've you've GM DM'd a whole bunch of games. How do you yeah. get like your head into this futuristic well, travel and technology? You know. In, in my book, my acknowledgments, the first person I acknowledged in my book was my, my oldest sister, my big sister, Thelma, mm-hmm. who is a librarian, an avid science fiction reader. And even at an early age, she kept me interested in science fiction. Mm-hmm. She kept me just, you know, like, you know, tell me all about it. And I'd be like, oh, wow, that's really cool and stuff like that. And I'd watch it. And then, you know, when uh, before there were DVDs, uh, she would send me, she would tape uh, Stargate and stuff like that. And, uh, uh, you know, I'd have all these episodes on, on VHS. So I'd just sit there teaching when I am my off period. I'd just pop one in the machine and grade papers and watch TV at the same time. So <laughs> it, it was easy for me because I was growing up with it. Yeah. And then, um, and then as I was going through, you know, kind of growing up, you know, it, to me, it kind of had to have a story. They made these cheesy, easy sci-fi movies that were just, you know, booms and bangs and zaps and that was it you know there really wasn't no story really mm-hmm. was no character development and i was always interested in i like you know like D role-playing game it's storytelling and you gotta have some story to talk about and and a lot of that is character development characters have to go through things which i think that's why star trek was praised so much because it it, oh, yeah. it, it did have that and it, um, and in a sense, Stargate was a, was was kind of the same thing as Star Trek. Star Trek was kind of a western in space, mm-hmm. you know, and it was having different adventures, and and a lot of the adventures had kind of a double sided meeting because that was kind of in the late '60s when we were being aware of a lot of things of racism and and war and peace and all this stuff, mm-hmm. and uh, and Stargate kind of picked up on some things that. You, they really never touched on in uh, in sci-fi genre, and uh, and it made the story more interesting. You know, the movie the movie came out first that really caught everybody's attention. Yeah, and uh, that was you know, it got my attention big time. So I just I loved that movie so much because of the, the thought and the possibility of traveling to different planets through a ring, and uh, it it basically covered areas that you don't think about like uh in stargate they have uh the go old who are the bad guys and stuff like that and they just happen to go to one of these planets and there's this one room that has these colorful lights Mm -hmm. and when they go in there and see these lights they just kind of stop for a second and then somebody has to grab their arm he says what are you doing so i just stopped for a minute you've been there for five hours and it was some kind of narcotic light that mm. the alien race was using. Yeah. So, and you don't think about drug addiction or anything like that in space. You don't think about the, the problems that we have here on Earth happening in space, but it can. Yeah. So, which I, I it think. It just kind of opens up a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. Once you, uh, you can have the audience relate to it, which is some of us, like the, the bigger, um, moments i think like in some of the movies that i like throughout uh, every single genre is just like them sitting down doing something relatable um mm-hmm. it's just yes. 
it those are the things where you're like those quiet moments where you can like role play and like like exchange ideas or conversation like those that's and i guess because my mind was so set on well i can't relate to this all it is is uh beeps and boops and like little lights and right and like it was always super unattractive to me when i saw uh like uh like the millennium falcon like hit light speed like all it is is just lights moving like sideways like that's 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 boring where's the scenery where's the like them walking through the field like and you see the forests in the background or whatnot um yeah but then again now for the past couple of years my obsession has been when i look at scenery like just looking at galaxies and stars and like different shapes and colors and i'm like that's really pretty and it's just just as a kid i never related to it but it's it's really cool and, and amazing and fascinating Mm. Um, yeah I mean it, it imagination you know and I've always said this that you know me growing up <clears throat> imagination was was it easy I was a daydreamer I had HDHD before they gave it letters you know because I could <laughs> yeah. sit in a room and my mind would go all over the place yeah and um, and I was just called a daydreamer that's all I was called and <clears throat> and the thing is is that once they started making video games, because, you know, I sat down and tried to play video games with kids and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I got bored real quick because it was limited. I can only do so much. Yeah. And and it just kind of felt really restraining. And I get bored and I couldn't play anymore. And meanwhile, my son and Vic and everybody else, they were all like, hey, I got to get on this game. I got to do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just felt that it kind of takes away from a person's imagination because the imagination is presented to you. It's right there. You don't have to think about it anything. All you have to do is look at the screen. Yeah. And it wasn't until I started getting into playing D&D, and I played at a very late age. Uh, I was probably about 25 years old getting into it for the first time. And uh, and I was just blown away how the options that I had, so many things that I can do with it. And it, it just enticed me to get into it more. So, you know, to each their own, whatever, whatever stymies their, their imagination or whatever entices their imagination is, is basically what they're going to have to go after. Yeah. I, and yeah, I agree. Like uh, it's, I can play Super Mario or Tetris and all these games and like, I'll get involved and it'll it'll be fun, but I, I don't lose myself. It wasn't until Mm -hmm. like the, the Zelda games um, that it was again going into medieval, which is something that I, I at least the aesthetic is easy for me to, to understand and gravitate to. It was where do you want to go? Mm-hmm. You enter this building, you're limited to what's in there, like you know physically. Yep. But what do you want to do? Who do you want to fight? Who do you want to avoid? What rooms do you want to go? What puzzles do you want to solve? Um, and the newest expansion, because those games were, it, it was at least railroaded. So like you do A, B, C, D, and then you go fight the boss. Uh, like right. you have to do these things, but in the newest ones, which I'm loving the concept of that you, you wake up, you're like, Oh, level one adventure. Here's your sword and here's your shield. Right. And then if you want to, you can literally walk right up to the big baddie of the game and just fight them. 
Like yeah. you don't have to do any of the things that are in the game. Um, like you can just literally go explore. If you can see it, you can explore it. You can go inside. Oh, that's a mountain. Let's blow it up. Oh, these are yeah. wild horses. I want to tame one of them. Like you can just do anything in that game, which is uh, I'm sure anything is an exaggeration. It's also some limitations because it's hardware, but it's I'm enjoying where that's going. Um, right. And and yeah, like my brain is always stuck onto like, what do I do for <laughs> for these fantasy things? But when once it boils down to like an adventure that I would be able to do, let's just amp up the technology a bit. Um, and it's not on Earth; it's on a different planet. I think that makes it easier for me. Um, right. Because like I I am not an avid reader. Uh, most of the books that I have read were because of school so like my entire library is filled with just philosophy books it's uh it's not really expanding my imagination which is not the best thing for a dm um i do like listening to stories but then Mm -hmm. it gravitates to horror which is not sci-fi um right but it's still fantasy it's still yeah it's still it's not reality yeah it's still stretching those imagination muscles and it's like when i can uh at least for me when i'm writing these things down it really helped to um say where do you guys want to go like you guys voted for a casino we're going to a casino which okay now i've been to vegas so what are my experiences in vegas okay so gambling let's let's ump the gambling to a more futuristic version of what's been happening lights are going to mm-hmm. go insane if they're already pumping oxygen in the casinos to like help you wake up i'm sure this casino is going to have other things like here's cocktails and pills that will will be probably at our day and age would be illegal drugs but over there these are just things to make you sharper right, right. uh these yes. these are things to make you not want to eat for the next couple of days so you can just sit here and gamble um right. so like that's that's how i'm like working these things um and like you say you you, you drive your inspiration from from all these movies and stuff um mm-hmm. is there anything specific that you do like as you're physically sitting down and writing the game or typing the game for that day I, you, when i'm writing you know what i'm really doing at the same time when i get to certain parts mm. i'm rolling the dice mm-hmm. because i've created so many little through you know, whenever I'm putting the game together and it comes up to a certain situation, I can't sit there and think, well, why do I do this? Why do I do that? I can't put my head, wrap my head around what I want to do. But if I rolled it, if I have a list of, of possible situations and I roll my dice and it gives me one particular situation, now I can play with that. And now I can grow from that. Now I can create from that. Yeah. So, I mean, it, some people who just sit down, well, I'm just going to do this. And I'm like, I, I can't do that. It's just, to me, it's just like, it's, you know, sometimes you're, you're cookie cutter. it. You know, yeah. just do what everybody else does and stuff like that. I like to roll and see what I got. And I'll use anything, whatever rolls up, because there's always something interesting about anything. If you put it in the right situation and for a reader, you want to get them to relate to it, to understand it, and then take it to a different direction that they mm-hmm. never thought about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now you got it. See what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah. So I'm, you know, I kind of like, uh, 
I don't know. It, it, uh, when it comes to colors and stuff like that, I roll the dice. When it comes to a situation, if I get stuck on something, I have to figure it out. Since Gamma World is basically the tool that I use to put these books together, the stories together, I have to change a lot of things to get out of copyright violations. <laughs> yeah. So a lot of the mutated animals and stuff like that, mm-hmm. I basically take their basic part that they are, but I roll a different type of species, maybe one or two species combined, maybe three species combined, maybe just one. And it's just something different. And then I just kind of think about it. Okay, how can I, how can I create something that, uh, uh, you know, it, it's, it's kind of like this. It's when I played the game with the kids, God knows when, back then, their first encounter was on a camping. They, they camped for the first night. Mm-hmm. And they had these things. In Gamma World, they're called Solbesh. And they're basically giant wingless mosquitoes that can turn invisible and that drink your blood okay so i had to come up with something that does kind of similar stuff but something different so i rolled some dice and i i came up with a a weasel type body (laughs) with a a very strong uh upper torso with claws and a long little snouty uh uh what do you call that opinion a trunk mm-hmm. that had little vampire fangs on the end and that they can you know and they crawl underground instead of being invisible they are invisible too but they crawl underground yeah they come up from the ground so and then you just make it and then then it takes a life of its own then you just take it any way you want so uh that's how i basically do i'm you know when i start writing these stories a lot of times the words are running out of my hands going through my head so yeah that's uh, i have i tend to I mean, yes what's up and you mm-hmm. have a lot of notes and a lot of stories of your games you could write a book you just have to figure out how you want to make it unique yeah i i've i've thought of that i i think that i would i'm going to give it a try of uh I'm going to, with the Age of Maya game that we're going to play later on, uh, probably, my guesstimation is that it'll probably be the latest part of the year, and if it's during holiday times, then we're just going to, like, push it into, like, the new year. Um, Whatever I write for that game, I'm going to really, like, keep every note that I can, because I kind of want to make a module out of it. And right. see if that succeeds. And if more and more modules get sold and people like what I'm doing, then I'll like eat, put my foot in the water to do a book. Um, yeah. but, but I want you know what? Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't like writing books because they're afraid of failure. Yeah, they don't want to do it because they're afraid they'll fail. Well, I mean, failure is a part of life. You it's true. About failure when you learn how to test gravity. You learn about <laughs> failure when you learn how to test mm-hmm. fire. That's true. You know, we all learn, and we learn through failure. Failure is the greatest teacher in the world. I I, and, I agree with that. And you have to try in order to understand what your capabilities and what your uh, your your limits are. Because yeah. if you don't, then you'll never know. 
I, I agree with that. Uh, I know that I, I, since English is my second language and I have dyslexia, um, mm-hmm. the, the writing aspect of it is probably going to be like the, the most challenging part. Um, definitely going to have to have like multiple <laughs> editors well, just read through my mess. Then you got one right here. And then also don't yeah. forget, you got spell check. Yeah. So, uh, when I was in school, uh, and spell check was beginning to get in, uh, from, I guess my perspective was like beginning to get introduced into the class system of like, this is okay for you to use. It's not cheating. Mm-hmm. You can use spell check when mm-hmm. you're doing your essays. Um, but there, <laughs> There seems to be a pattern where, like, I read a word, and because I know what I want to say in the sentence, my mind just says, oh, yeah, that's that's the right one. But it's I tend to pick a different word completely that makes no sense to the sentence at all. But when I read it, I'm like, no, that's obviously what I meant. Like, this is this is the sentence structure. Um, so it, it drove my English teachers insane. They're like, I understand yeah. what you're trying to say. And I, your paper deserves a good grade, but I'm going to give you a C because I have to deduct points based on your grammar and spelling. And that was like right. my entire high school and middle school career until um, it was uh, college. And then the professor was like, I don't care how you explain this to me, just as long as I understand what you're trying to say. Here you go. It's pass or fail. So there you go. Um, right. But uh, on the subject of books, um, and you are an author, um, are there any books that you would recommend within this um, world, like within the space series or or Space Odyssey, science fiction, Uh, that sort? uh, I really don't read as much as I used to. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of of some type of... um... Andre Norton is a good writer, and he's Mm -hmm. a classic sci-fi writer. Mm-hmm. Uh, DC Fontana, she mostly wrote for Star Trek. She was a lot of the, she wrote a lot of scripts uh, for the Star Trek show, and she wrote a few books. And there are a lot of in-depth thought ones and stuff like that. Um, and you know, in science fiction, like outer space and stuff like that, yeah, there's a lot of different ways you can go with it. I had a friend of mine; he wrote a space opera, basically. And it was kind of like, um, I don't know, like Halo or something like that. You talk about different civilizations and different economies. I mean, he, he had it all out there. Mm-hmm. Economies, politics, races, species, treaties, history, all that stuff. Yeah. So, uh, you know, the, the thing is, is that... Um, it just depends if, if you want one that's character based and run by one person that you could follow a character that you can relate to, or do you want one that gives you the whole wide scheme of outer space and the possibility of politics and the things that will, will happen. Mm-hmm. But wouldn't so, that be uh, the thing that you're gravitating, or at least from my view, like, right. um, uh, when you're looking at uh, medieval fantasy, we have our planet. We have our world, and um, like you can use European fantasy, like the detection uh, and politi- political structure and geographical regions of Europe, and that is where we're going to focus on. So it's very centralized, right. like the everyday person. But when we're like branching off into space, it's just my thought is it's massive, literally infinitely massive. Mm-hmm. 
So, like, the squabbles of this one planet, while might be cool, but let's talk about the big scope. At least that's what my thoughts on, like, if, if I were to write something down, that's where I would, like, go yeah. to. Um, which kind of hints on, like, this, um, uh, the games that we're going through. I don't think your guys will be, if we, the goal is six episodes, every single episode, maybe except for the first and last one, they might all, I'm still not sure about because I'm writing as we go. Um, mm-hmm. Every single episode will be in a different planet at least. It might be in the same uh, galaxy, but at least right. a different planet. Um, and we're just like, we're going all over the place. Because why would I limit you guys to like, which I'm sure any planet here could have so much, a lot of things to discover, but we're in right. space. Let's look at everything we can. Mm-hmm. Um, and see, and, and that's the thing about Star Frontiers. It broke into two separate games. Okay. They have Star Frontiers, which is character based. And you have, they give you the, the galaxy that you're part of and has different races and different galaxies and you, and you have different ways to travel to them and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. They also made what's called Nighthawks, K-N-I-G-H-T. Uh, and this is the, basically the strategy game where you use ships and you, you're basically going ship against ship and, uh-huh. and kind of like uh, aerial battles and stuff like that. Yeah. And some of them are combined, you know. Uh, you put them together and you just, you know, roll with it. So, um, it's, um, like I said, everybody's different. Everybody, I mean, I, like one guy wrote, I'm, I'm going to write this, uh, I'm in part of the science fiction on Facebook. And he says, how do you know if you're writing the right science fiction book? And I said, science fiction is like food. Some people like the taste of it and yeah. some people don't like the smell of it. So, I mean, it just depends what your taste is and depends what it's not. And you have to realize that, you know, I knew throwing my book out there on Facebook and on a lot of these different groups, I put it on the sci-fi groups, I put it in the Gamma World groups. I hadn't put it in Villains and Vigilante group yet, which I need to do, try to get some more going. But uh, a lot of people, you know, I only had a couple of guys kind of just kind of say, well, you know, gee, that's that's a lot of information for your story. How are you planning on doing that? You know, and I said, hey, I just... It's up to you. You you can find out for yourself, or you don't have to find out. It doesn't matter to me. Mm-hmm. You know that's your choice, not yeah. mine. But um, it people are different, and you just you can't get them all. Yeah, of course, of course. You know, it's like the old starfish story about the guy that was you know walking the beach, and there's thousands of starfish on the beach. And he'd get up and throw the starfish, throw it back in the ocean, get up, throw another one, throw it in another ocean. The guy goes, what are you doing? You can't save them. It doesn't mean anything. And the guy held up a starfish. It means a lot to this one, threw it in the water. Yeah. So it just depends. You know, are you going to find the lucky starfish or you're just going to be like, oh, well, I just give up because there's too many of them. Too many things out there. Yeah. Yeah. I've never heard of that. I like that. That's pretty cool. Um, so, all right. Well, uh, I'm just reading through our notes. Uh, I mean, those are all the things that I uh, I kind of like had going around in my head for tonight's uh, very improv uh, podcast. I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> any last words of encouragement 
uh, for any uh, new DMs or GMs out there that uh, want to play something or write something within this style of uh, fiction? I think you need to open your horizons. It's okay to be good at one thing. I mean, if you're comfortable, it's your comfort area, mm-hmm. and you're good at it and stuff like that, and you're not getting bored, you're not feeling unchallenged, it's still good for you, stick with it, go with it. But I think you should open up your horizons because then you start finding out some new things about different games, such as uh, my partner here. He always running the games and stuff like that, and he also plays a D&D game that, that my firstborn runs. Mm-hmm. But first time he was a gamer with me, I started seeing a little boy kind of get a little excited, like, this is new. This is something totally different. You know, this mm-hmm. is something that's a little bit more challenging in a different way than I'm used to. Uh, we're not spending a lot of time developing our character. We're spending more time trying to understand our character. So I think it it doesn't hurt to get outside the comfort yeah. area to understand different games. Uh, like I said, this website, I was looking at a whole bunch of games. If, if people say, well, you know, hey, I'd like to play this kind of game. Well, we'd probably find one and put it together and do something. And you always remember, you always got homebrew. You can always change the rules to match yeah. whatever you need it to do. Yeah. You don't have to be exactly right. I'm pretty sure if I had some... Uh, villains and vigilantes perfectionists out there watching us, they probably were turning over in their, you know, their stomachs like, oh my God, he did that. Oh my God, he did that. You know, there were some things that I noticed, you know, and, and, and that thing that you put on my flash drive, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I looked at that and I said, God, I could have used some of this stuff, you know, but, you know, I, you prepare as much as you can yeah. for a game, but you're going to miss something. And that, but the beauty of it is you can always go back and read on it and make sure it doesn't happen again. Yeah, I, I know that uh, so, one of the, uh, and I guess uh, more broadly too for, for GMs out there, it's um, when you look at the game, you're like, oh, darn, cover is plus two, not plus four or something uh, along right, those lines. Right. It's Those aren't mistakes. Like mm-hmm. the rule says a thing, sure. Uh, it, yeah, but those aren't something that you should like kick your yourself in the rear end for. A mistake for from my point of view, well, GM makes a mistake when the GM wanted to do something, and then went the opposite direction of that. Like, oh, I wanted you guys yeah. to to meet this ghost, and instead, yeah. for whatever reason, we went outside and like we avoided the ghost, and now everything that I've written is gonna go to waste, and it conflicts with what we had the other day. Like that's a GM mistake versus oh yeah. the rules say thus um, yeah yeah and like the players will dictate where we go obviously and, but and, like and the, the game master can also entice them to go back in you can yes. say there's some, there's a noise in here there's a, a light yeah. shining through or something that grabs yeah. your attention you yeah. can always get them back in there that's not hard and you guys didn't even realize I was making mistakes on the cabins I had the cabins all written down who's in it what's going on and you know there was a couple of cabins. I got confused, and I put the wrong person in the wrong cabin. Did it change the game any? Did you guys realize that happened? No. We just kept rolling with it, and it, yeah. just, it worked. It yeah. worked. Because we're all, we're all working together to tell the story. So it's exactly. just whatever the story needs at the time, that's what we're going to get. Yeah. yeah. So, like, I mean, that, that was the beauty part of, of everything is that, you know, um, 
you guys, I mean, to me, it was a thrill running that game to seeing you guys play something you never played before. Yeah. That you never even thought about before. And now this is a game where, you know, you don't have to worry about, you know, castles and dungeons and, and who to trust and who's around the corner and stuff like that. You were on a mission to, to kind of find, you know, a revenge mission, yeah. which may be continuous. It may not be finished next time. It might keep going, you know, and on and on and on. Yeah. And my plan is to get you through this part, small part adventure, then get you into the big adventure that I got. And then once we complete that, then the decision will be made. Okay, do we play another game? Do we go a different direction? What do we want to do? And go from there. Yeah, I'm excited. That's a uh, I, I I do like that. Uh, um, that's how like for 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 me, gaming is like I have such I have a lot of things that I want to do. So let's try to jam mm-hmm. it together into this campaign. It might take a year or longer, right. yeah. which is different from from yours, and it's just the beauty of it. Um, mm-hmm. for everyone who is out there who is the quote-unquote forever DM, um, like, if we can find somebody else to, to DM different games, like, if you're stuck with D&D, but this person's stuck with Gamma World, or this other person's stuck with the um, right. Vampire the Masquerade, right. play all of them. Get inspiration from all these games. And, and, I, and I make one major recommendation. Mm-hmm. Do not critique the game master if they do something totally different from you understand that's their style if you're focusing on how they're running the game you're not focusing on how you're playing the game yeah and and that's the whole point is to have fun yeah if anything i thought a game master dungeon master like yourself you were glad to be free of all the stuff you had to you know worry about to make sure the game keeps running you just had to make sure you're in the game yeah it's like all right what do i do does this work cool what happens next yeah, and and you're starting to find out there is limitations to your powers. Yeah, and you, you know, and <laughs> you you get one point back for every minute of rest that you can get, and you're going to need 42 minutes to get all those points back. <laughs> yeah, but you still have some power left. Mm-hmm. And uh, the situation you guys were left in, uh, it's going to be a little interesting. Yeah, and, uh, unexpected. What's going to happen? So yeah, as a player, we'll I can I can see like there's. There's some ethical issues that's going on here. As the character, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, where is the next mission? Right. But, uh, I'm I'm very very excited to see what's what's gonna happen. Um, but alrighty, y'all. Uh, I guess uh, we're gonna we're gonna end this here. Um, and we'll see what the the next topic will be for the next uh reroll. I believe Trent's next on the interview list. We'll see if he's available. If not, we'll have another improv conversation. Um, But yeah, please be safe. Take care of one another. Um, If you're in Texas, I'm sorry that uh, it's raining everywhere. (laughs) Don't worry. The rain is keeping us from bursting into flames in August. But unfortunately, it's creating mosquitoes big enough to carry us away. So don't worry about it. We'll have a different, uh, we'll have an encounter no matter what. This is get yeah, the dice no ready. This yeah. is true. And now I got the encounter people using up the last of their fireworks that didn't blow up last night. Oh, my. oh yeah. Now that that those couple of seconds of no rain, let's blow some stuff up. But all right, yep. guys, take care of each other. We'll see you next time. Adios. Peace out.